0: Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon, the football podcast that does not let the facts get in the way of good humor. I am Peter Storm, and as always, I'm joined by the man with the golden voice, Brett Merker, and the angry D-Man, Eric Diamond. How you guys doing tonight? D-Man.
1: Uh, doing all right. Um, obviously, things are a little uh, crazy this week uh, with the uh, lawsuit against the NFL, and uh, but otherwise, I'm doing all right.
2: Yeah, uh, me. I'm good too. I'm sick of this goddamn winter. Ready for summer. It's like rained about four inches here, um, and I am super excited for the Super Bowl. I can't wait to talk about that. I think it's gonna be a great one.
0: Before we get there, we got a long way to go, and in that in that theme, we're lucky to be joined by the Big Blue Saloon legal expert and former co-host. <laughs> Seth Kaplan. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be described as such. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Seth will join us to discuss the biggest story in the NFL right now, and that is the Brian Flores lawsuit. Uh, you know, guys, I thought we'd be talking about the uh, new Giants hit coach, Brian Dabble, and we definitely will. Uh, but this story has uh, broken that momentum. So, Seth, thanks for joining us. How you been doing? We, ha- we haven't heard from you in a long time. And so much, has, so much has changed since you last joined us. Sam Darnold's not with the Jets. Uh,
3: <laughs> have I not been on since Sam Darnold's been traded?
0: Uh, maybe, and you've already you've already turned your
3: back on Zach Wilson. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I... <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's too bad that the people who download the podcast aren't don't have access to our text chain because we obviously still stay in touch. Wait, well, We got special for you. Oh. <laughs> Pete, you're supposed to play that before I come on, but all right.
0: For anyone who doesn't know, that is Seth's official theme music whenever he walks onto the basketball court or into the, court, or into the courtroom. <laughs>
3: basketball court? They would never let me play. but all right. In
0: the courtroom. They also play that for him in the courtroom uh, before he starts in.
3: That's right. The judges bowed to me.
0: Anyways, I know Ric Flair makes you speechless. Anyway, so uh, so. anyways, yes, we haven't had you on, but I think it's important we get into this right away. Uh, Brian Dabble. And Brian Flores, the Bryans, which probably added some to sort of the confusion. But the Giants hired Brian Dabble, what was it, last Friday, D-Man? It was it Friday? Friday after Friday night? Yeah, it well, was, yes. Yeah, last Friday night. Um, they had interviewed uh, Flores on Thursday. Then uh, they had given Dabble his second interview on Tuesday. And on Monday, Bill Belichick had gotten some texts saying that Brian had gotten the job. Problem was, Belichick didn't realize which Brian. And he apparently texted Brian Flores. Now, this is like something that D-Man used to do when he had two girlfriends. He would text one, <laughs> which was meant for the other. So this is, it's very I never difficult. screwed
1: up like Belichick did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's not what some of these former girlfriends would say. But So now Flores, uh, very upset that he didn't get the Giants job, which he obviously wanted, has uh, now suing the NFL, and he's suing the Giants, and he's suing the Dolphins, and he's suing the Broncos uh for discrimination so in the nfl if you're not clear there's something called the rooney rule where you're supposed to interview two minority <clears throat> candidates and a lot of teams make sort of a mockery of this now I'm, I'm gonna hold my opinions back on this because i think everyone would be less interested to hear mine and more interested to hear kaplan's and i know i'm interested to hear murkers but let's start with you kaplan uh, mr kaplan Th- does brian flores have any leg to stand on i know you're familiar with his attorney <clears throat> So yes. please fill us in on, uh, on your opinion on all of this. Cause we are we, listeners we've, we've held out a night to make sure you get, we get you on about
3: this. I, I very much appreciate that. So I, you know, as much as an NFL fan that I am like you guys, I look at this from an employment lawyer's perspective. Cause that's what I do by day. I only do the podcasts at night. And so I've throughout my 20 years, always defended race discrimination cases. I've gone for a career for that. So I, I look at that with a certain eye. And when I looked at, this complaint i'm thinking okay i read the whole thing does brian flores have a case of race discrimination under the law there's a lot of juicy stuff in there you guys talk about it. everybody talked about it but i like from a lawyer's perspective I'm like does he have a case of race discrimination and obviously a lot could happen i could go back and forth but my initial Damn. take is i'm not impressed again from a legal perspective not impressed I, I did not see evidence that someone took any action against him because of his race and so people say, well, how could that be? Look at all the stuff that they're talking about. Look, look at the Rooney rule stuff, right? And I'm saying to all of you, you know, the, let's say the Giants violated the Rooney rule and they offered the job to D- Dable and, and they, they interviewed Flores after the fact. It is not evidence that anybody took any action against Flores because of his race. Now, again, I'm, I'm a little biased to the defense side, but say the Giants violated the rule. Then the NFL would punish the Giants. But Brian, Brian Flores doesn't have a right to go and sue the Giants for race discrimination unless he can show that the Giants didn't hire him because of his race. So when I'm reading the complaint, I'm looking to see is there any evidence of that. And there isn't any. They're just saying that the Giants screwed up the Rooney rule, which may well be true. But Brian's got a he's got a, a, hard, a tall uh, hill to climb. To show that anyone took action against him because of his race. Seth, let let me ask
2: you something that's really interesting. So is it possible, you know, you filed a suit, um, you didn't read anything in there that would lead you to believe that this was a racist non-hire. But is it possible if this, for example, goes to trial, which I don't think it necessarily will, he'll probably just settle for a ton of money. Like, could it come out later uh, through documents text messages emails um, stuff like that even though it was not in the initial filing
3: they, they very well could but when you file those cases and he has reputable attorneys you would put your best foot forward you would say in the complaint here's how we know the giants hurt." Okay. now they didn't do it and if they're relying on what you were just referring to Brett like depositions and exchange of yeah. documents they might get lucky but, boy, I wouldn't put it out there. I mean, you know, when you file against the NFL, that's the number one story. Everyone's going to be talking about it. You better have that evidence in your pocket if you're coming forward. And I didn't see it. Now, they may come up with it, but I didn't see it. So you talk about the Miami Dolphins, right? Everyone loves the allegations about Ross offering them like, you know, 100000 per loss, right? And, and that's, setting not him up to, that's not discrimination. That's <laughs> my point. That's what I'm saying. So the tampering, like, it's salacious details. But I'm reading. I'm like, well, what does that have to do with race discrimination? Like, absolutely nothing. And so, and, yeah, uh, keep going. I'm sorry. I have one more question. No, I was gonna say. So I, I heard. I heard his lawyers on uh, the uh, Carton and, and Evan Roberts show the other day, and they're going through all this stuff. And Carton goes, "Well, this is all really interesting, but..." Um, what what is he gonna sue for? Like defamation of character? And the and the attorney's like, no, race discrimination. And Carl's like, Well, you're gonna lose that one. You know, there's no race discrimination. Yeah. And I'm laughing to myself because I'm like, that's the case. No, so, that's, I, yeah. That's the whole case. So unless these lawyers are gonna somehow say that they only did this stuff to Flores, they only offered him like the bribe, they only set up the tampering thing because he was black, mm-hmm. which please, how are they gonna prove that? I don't see how it's going to be a racist combination. Do you case. think, Seth, do you think, um, and you, you might not be able to answer this, but
2: the climate that we're in, obviously, that started a couple years ago, um, you know, every the, the sensitivities going on, the, the right. you know, we, we can go for hours. Do you think that that favors um, Flores in a suit um, and maybe why they're thinking this is a perfect time to do this um, what you know honestly whether it's true or not do you think that favors them?
3: a hundred percent a hundred percent public sentiment especially in a case with the nfl that's so public that goes a long way and and if the nfl caves and gives a lot of stuff it's because they don't want to have to deal with the bad publicity they don't want blm you know protesting at their games like that's the that's why they do this now and frankly flores attorneys they see dollar signs in this so they're yeah. gonna go ahead and do it Um, but I, you know, I just like try to look at the actual evidence. And there's one other thing I wanted to raise, which I haven't heard anywhere else. Maybe you guys have heard this too. Um, well, what you have heard, what, what everyone says is discrimination is obvious because when you look at the league, it's 70% black and there's only what 5% of the coaches are black. So if you look at nothing else, that's evidence of discrimination. And so I said to myself, is it? Is it, though? And I was, like, thinking about it. I'm like, well, let's look at who all the coaches are in the NFL. And I'm looking I'm thinking, what, are the, what what, current NFL coaches, the white ones, how many of them are former players? And as I was thinking about it, I'm like, none of them really. Like, I'm thinking Belichick, he never played in the NFL. Like, great Yeah, but, but most of them haven't. The two yeah. Super Bowl coaches haven't. Andy Reid didn't. Pete Carroll didn't. Hard believe, it's, hard, it's,
0: hard, it's hard to believe Andy Reid never did.
3: He didn't. Yeah, I checked. I checked. No. And and actually, Brian Flores never did. Mike Tomlin never did. So I'm thinking to myself, how is that? It's not like we're hiring from only former players. You're actually not hiring from mostly former players. You should be looking at everybody else. And and so that, to me, as a lawyer, I'm like, that's not evidence of discrimination. The fact that 70% of the league, uh, the players are black, is not evidence that non-coach hires. Our discrimination, so I think they have an uphill battle. That said, that looking this from a Giants perspective, right?
0: Because it's yeah. a Giants podcast, and looking at this from a Giants perspective, because they are at the center of this controversy. The Giants have had a black GM for ten years, Jerry Reese, two thousand seven to 2000, 2008 to two thousand seventeen. They have a black they had a black defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, right? And so nobody's harder on Giants management than I am. And I think any move that they make is more about incompetence than anything else. Mm-hmm. So the way this seems to me and and, and reading the timeline and, and what I've seen has happened is that when is that John Marr was not at all prepared to fire Joe Judge. It wasn't until the last four weeks where Judge had this like historical meltdown where uh, that he was forced to do it. Uh, I you know I think he always planned to hire this guy Shane as Shane sorry Shane is his GM I think I think that was in the works since November mm-hmm. so I think you know I think part of the agreement with Shane was that Judge was going to stay and he would have to deal with it but then he was going to fire Judge and then within thirty minutes I've I heard within thirty minutes of right. that he right. called Flores right. so I truly believe that Mara's first choice was Flores and he had planned to stick Flores on Shane. And then I think what happened was that Shane said, listen, you want me to do this right, you got to let me bring in my guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want this guy who can't get along with GMs, has fired four offensive coordinators, can't get along with his quarterback. We need a guy who's going to come in here and be able to get along with our quarterback. And it's, I think it's more about that. It's, it's Giants' organizational negligence and that than discrimination. And I think that, you know, from my perspective, no, like I said, nobody's harder on the Giants than me, but they are not a discriminating – Organization and, and Tiki Barber told a great story. When Wellington Mara passed away, there were two players he wanted to see on his deathbed. One was Jeremy Shockey, and the <laughs> other one was Tiki Barber. So cool. I, I just, I, you know, I, we could say a lot about the Mara's, but this is they're barking up the wrong tree here. And it'll be a shame if the Giants get it, get a penalized for this because that's a team that, you know, I don't, I don't know, Seth, I don't know what you think about it from the giant's perspective.
3: Right. Like, from, from the Giants from the giant's perspective, I think it's nothing that I saw looks at likely that they would be proven to discriminate based on race. I think they are going to get dinged by the league for violating the Rooney rule. That, that I think is the likely scenario, but let's make it even a worst case scenario. Let's say that they knew <clears throat> from day one that they wanted a hired, uh, Stable, right from day one and they totally gave flores a token interview like everyone's worst fear and they had no intention of hiring him okay and that would be a violation of the ruining rule but that's that's like the worst case scenario here even then the giants could not be found guilty of race discrimination unless they're saying they specifically did not hire flores because of his race see there's no evidence of that It, it may have been a token interview they may have had no intention of hiring him. they may have had no intention of hiring anybody but unless, the, unless he, him and his, I think they actually
0: did. That's the point where I think what, well, right? But I'm, really that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah.
3: even if, it, even if they didn't, unless they could show some evidence that they were motivated by his race, they're not going to be found liable for that. They may end up paying a settlement, but I don't think there's going to be any judgment against them for race discrimination. Is what I'm saying. D man, you're awfully quiet there. What,
0: what, what are your um, feelings about this?
1: No, I'm like, in total agreement, D- 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 guys. D- I don't very... think there was any type of racism. Against Flores, um, now they were disrespectful and unprofessional in the way they it all went down. Obviously, they got they got a, a, a leaker in the organization that somehow told Belichick this. But
0: obviously, you know, you know, the and the look, Belichick I had, part of this I, is so funny. The Belichick, what's that? This, the Belichick part of this is so funny. So it's, fun. It's funny. Right. Hexing the wrong person. Who the hell is telling him? Flores is just trying to say that he's influencing the Giants not to hire him now that's his latest claim anyway sorry D-Man you as always you ignite a lot of uh, thoughts.
1: <laughs> I mean obviously people had to assume that once Shane was hired as the general manager that you know he's gonna want his own guy to be to have the head coach so anyone else would really be the underdog um I mean obviously people play favoritism all the time they're gonna Pick who they feel more comfortable with, but at the same time, if you're a general manager, you know if you want to keep your job, you got to win some ball games. So you're going to pick the head coach unless you going to give you the best opportunity.
0: <laughs> unless you care
1: about the Gettleman Gettelman doesn't,
0: doesn't have to win ball <clears throat>
1: That'll be a... well. <clears throat> most general managers, you know, Gettleman was the exception, obviously, but
3: but see that, and that's where I, that's where I do think the black coaches have a point because d-man's exactly right like you hire who you're comfortable with and where i think the black coaches have a point is hey why don't you give us a chance to be comfortable with us so we are going to be your guy and i think that's a valid point so the question is really how do we how how do you infiltrate more black coaches into like the inner circles into the boys club so that they're thought of as someone's guy like that's a legitimate point and i think that's something that the league can legitimately work on what I just don't like as a lawyer is just saying just because you didn't get a job, Brian Flores, doesn't necessarily mean it was because of your race. Well, it's funny, he's right? he's been a
1: head coach it's, before. It's, it's not like he, he's never been a head coach before.
3: It, it's funny,
0: though, Seth, right? So this goes down, and the, the next team to hire a coach is the Minnesota Vikings, and everyone's got – it's down to Jim Harbaugh or Patrick Graham. Harbaugh decides he's going back to Michigan. I don't know what's going on with Harbaugh. They just met nine hours with Graham. And they decide to hire Kevin O'Connell, who they barely even interviewed. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, they, well, you know, the rule is a joke. It should and, and and it shouldn't be. And I think you know this. And I think that Flores, what Flores is trying to do now is become the uh, Kurt Flood of the NFL. And and you know you know where Kurt Flood got yeah. free agency in baseball, he's trying to really you know get this taken seriously. But I think he's barking up the wrong tree with the Giants. I think that's the shame of it all.
3: No, I think he's trying to embarrass the Giants in the league into into doing what he wants to get out of it. So none of that stuff is actually evidence of race discrimination, but he's trying to use the embarrassment factor, the PR factor, to get the change he wants. So I appreciate what he's trying to accomplish. I think the methodology is very suspect.
2: So let let, let me let me set the record straight here, boys. It, it, I, <laughs> I you know. I've heard what all of you have said, Seth. I love your legal perspective. I agree with everything you're saying. Pete, D-Man, agree. Um, One thing that we all agree on, there's no question about it. There is obviously racism in our world. There is obviously anti-Semitism in our world. There's no question about it. There is probably racism in the NFL, much like there are racist cops here and there, and there's racist firemen, and there are anti-Semitic, uh, you know, whatever, it, it happens for sure. But this was fishy from the start. It, I mean, fishy beyond belief. When I heard it and, and noticed that the suit was filed on the first day of Black History Month, as if that wasn't uh, purposeful, um, and hearing the story, and I didn't know it from a legal perspective, obviously, um, th- there were so many holes in this story. Number one, this guy... Uh, is known to be difficult to get along with. He likely does not interview well. Um, he is 24 and 25 as a head coach. He's definitely not setting the world on fire. I, I know his defense uh, has looked good. They won eight in a row, uh, you know, narrowly missed the playoffs. You've heard about some things uh, he didn't like Tua and, and, you know, ownership wanted to move forward with Tua. Um, but it, it's, it's not like you're getting – it's not like it was Mike Tomlin you know, you know, trying to get a job who has a, yeah, or dungie right. Who has a huge, who's, a, who's been a successful coach in this league. Um, so I, I, you know, and, and listen, the, here's the obvious um, we're in this climate. You heard me ask Seth earlier about that where we've been in this climate for a couple of years now. Um, you know, we, we have, whether you're a, a president Biden fan or not, he's looking to, You know, elect a black Supreme Court nominee, even though, you know, almost three quarters of the country wants them to choose the best person for the job, not because of race, not because of gender. You have United Airlines hiring, uh, wanting to hire women and, you know, black women. Uh, Fine. Are they the best for the job when they're going to fly my plane? Like, what has happened to that in our society uh, that we don't hire the best anymore? And if the Giants deemed Brian Flores not the best and Brian Dable the best fit for the Giants, then that's the pick. Um, and, and nothing that I have seen, including what Seth just said, shows me that they, they or Denver did anything racist. And if you see how vehemently these teams are going back at Flores, it, it says a lot to me. I know they're defending themselves, but that you know, another thing came out from the Giants today, um, and it was it was they were seething uh, back at him. And then here's the other curious part to me, right? Um, we talked about the the Steven Ross thing. you know, that has nothing to do with race, but it's you know maybe a little shady if that's in fact what <laughs> happened he was offering a hundred thousand dollars for <laughs> losses, and and he I think
0: that was goes on a lot more than we ever know. He,
2: well, listen, it's possible. So let's say that's true. And let's say the, uh, the the meeting that he's now we're hearing it was supposed to be a meeting with Tom Brady that um he, you know that he said that he wanted um, Flores to meet with and Flores like I'm not doing that and walked out. Let's say that's all true. Then yesterday comes out Hugh Jackson suddenly out of the woodwork. Hugh Jackson <laughs> years after working for the Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah, Jimmy Haslam did the same thing. So I know I've shifted away from race to now this the shadiness potentially of these, of these owners, but you know what? Something is, something is very fishy to me. I, 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 there's, it does not sit well with me. I think we are, we are just a reactionary society. Everything is about race. Everything is about, you know, um, and I understand fairness and, and I am, I am obviously a Caucasian, so I, I can't tell you how it feels um, you know, to be dealing with racism. I certainly have dealt with anti-Semitism in my life, probably like the three of you guys. Uh, it's it's not great, um, but I, I just don't see any race in this. And for the last thing I'll say here is for the life of me, if in fact there was really no racism here, like Seth said, there's just nothing there and they're going after, he wants to be the next Kurt Flood, he wants to be the next Colin Kaepernick, I, I just still don't get it because this is a guy that that worked his way up to try to be a, a head coach and successful in this league and he will never get another job again. And and listen, Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, I, you know, what is he doing now? I mean, I guess he's advanced the narrative for, for black people, um, but he can't get a job anywhere. Um
0: you yeah, know you're telling me he, he was
1: legitimately blackballed out of the me, league.
0: You're telling me Colin Kaepernick is not better than Mike Lennon? I mean, yeah, are... and, well, I, I OK, fine. So it maybe
2: has... so maybe that. Listen, um, there are obviously cases of racism. Like I said, the NFL is likely has has more than we even know about this specific one to me does not pass the sniff test. It just doesn't. And I don't understand why Brian Flores just ruined his entire career unless he gets. $100 million and then who
1: cares? No, I, Seth, I, aren't you surprised this? he didn't wait until after the entire um Because he went to interview for other positions too. He didn't wait for that to see what would happen. He
0: knows he's not but, getting those jobs, obviously. Seth,
3: why would he do this? Well, in your legal. Yeah. So I, I I would say in his heart of hearts, he believes he was discriminated based on race, right? We, we may think otherwise, but this is why he's doing it. He I, he's going to have to prove it. But I think in his heart of hearts, he thinks he's getting passed over for the Broncos job. Right. He got fired from the Dolphin job. He got rejected from the Giants job because of his race. Whether that's true or not, the four of us have no idea. It'll be his burden to prove it. But why is he doing it? Because he knows that there's not in his mind, there's never going to be enough black coaches from the Rooney rule that that's not that's proven not to be effective. So if you do these lawsuits and if the NFL settles and if as part of the settlement, the NFL changes its practices, what those practices to be changed are to be determined. But if he effectuates change, then in his mind, it's worth it. And in that respect, I respect him sacrificing what we all agree is likely his career to make those changes. Um, But, you know, I, I just look at it from a discriminatory standpoint. He's got a tough burden, but I respect him that he's trying to effectuate change. And I think he really believes it. I just don't, you know, I just don't know if it actually happened. Yeah, but but
2: Seth, here's what here's where it upsets me. He's trying to effectuate change, and I get that. But if nothing comes out, he might think that something was racist, or is he thinking to himself, "Hey, here's my opportunity to, you know, to to, to tell some white lies essentially, and make it like they were racist, so I can be the next Colin Kaepernick. I could be the next Kurt, Curtis Flood." Our Floyd, whatever his name is, um, I, I just again, I don't, I don't really get it. The guy was somebody that was was going to get hired at some point as a head coach. I have no doubt about it. Um, he's he comes from the Belichick tree. I know that's not been successful, but this guy was a, a coach that we thought might get the Chicago job, the Giant job. Somebody was going to hire him, maybe Jacksonville. Um, so I, I just think it's he's going for a payday too. That's what's bothering me. I think he's looking to get a lot of money, um, and and I just
3: don't like it. I hear you. My gut instinct, I don't know, obviously, him from a hole in the wall. I, I don't think it's a money grab. I, I think I've seen him interviewed. I, I think he is trying to effectuate change. And unlike Colin Kaepernick, Brian, Brian Forrest is respected and in demand right now, right? right? So, like, everyone's saying he should be getting the job. Remember Colin Kaepernick, when he did all his stuff, he was a backup. He was sitting on the bench. Right, right now, everyone considered Brian Flores to be a hot candidate. So yeah. I have to think there's more to it. If he was like a, a coach that was never getting any opportunities and no one ever considered him a hot prospect, like, um, like, uh, like, like lots of other folks, I maybe would question the motivations more. But I think he actually still had a future. Maybe not as a head coach. Maybe he'd have to go back and be a coordinator like we see first-time coaches have to do. But he was well-respected as a coach throughout the league. I, his career was nowhere near over. So – I got to give him credit. I, I think the really interesting twist in this, what I really can't wait to see, both as a fan and as a lawyer, is what the Texans do. So he's yeah. he's a he's a finalist from all accounts. Flores is a finalist with, of all people, Josh McCown for that job. <laughs> if, if, if after this lawsuit is filed and Flores has the experience he does and Josh McCown with no experience whatsoever gets hired by the Texans who have just fired... One of the other few black coaches. I can imagine how this is going to explode. That the one, the
0: one saving grace on that, or the one fallback the Texans have on that is they tried to get McGowan last year, and he wasn't ready to coach. Yeah, He's, but it's not a fallback, Pete, because it's the, a fallback. The climate, it's, but that's what they'll fall back on. That's what
2: they'll fall back on. They'll fail though, because the climb. It's listen. I just turned on CNN. They had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on Ugh. talking about how the NFL and the NBA and everybody's racist, and you know the media is is fanning the flames as usual. Right. And this is this is not. We're going to hear about this at the Super Bowl. It's going to dominate. It's dominating.
0: I, I, I mean, we're not we're, not, even even, we're not we're not even talking about the fact that the Giants have a new head coach, a new no. offensive coordinator. We're not talking about the fact no. that the Giants have gone from Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman, and Jason Garrett to Joe Shane. Brian dabble and, 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 and Mike Kafka. So they, they, they now have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's quarterback tutors for Daniel Jones. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about Brian Flores. Seth, I got one last question on this for you. Yeah. How can the NF, so, you know, it goes back, people have the right to hire who they want. You know, we're, right. we're, we, we, we're four professionals here. This podcast is, you know, this is one of three hobbies for you, Seth, along with community. <laughs>
3: You're going to stick that
0: in somewhere. I had to get in there. But yeah. you know, for me, this is a hobby by day. I work in finance, the d and a social worker. Not sure what Merker does. There's rumors that he plays golf all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think he's in sales, I think. So yes. we're, we're four professionals. I have a staff. I can hire whoever I want. No one's telling me who to hire. I'm hiring who I think is the most um, – gonna, is going to do the job for me, whether they're white, they're black, yeah. or they're green. How so? Flores is doing all of this, and you're saying he's looking for change. How does the How does the NFL enforce these owners that own the team? It's their right to hire somebody that's black if they don't want to. I don't. I, that's the part of that I don't get.
3: All right, I'm glad you said that. So the objective for Flores is not to get the owners to hire people they don't want to hire it's to get the owners to consider people and want them to want to hire them that they wouldn't otherwise hire. That's what it is. No one – you're absolutely right. In, in America, you, you, there's, no, there's no forced hires. You can't force someone to hire something. He's like, how do we make coaches more attractive that they're the ones that they want to hire? And, and that's tough. There's a lot of work that have to be done, but that's, I think, what he's after. And I think, I think, I think if anybody has a case, it's Eric Biennium,
0: right? Here's a guy who's the Chiefs offensive coordinator. All these different coordinators are getting hired. Now, I don't think he's a racism issue either. I think he's a fact that nobody gives him credit for the success of the Chiefs offense. But, you know, if any, I think if anyone has a gripe right now, it's Eric, it's Eric Bietam. Or as he, I like to say, Eric sleeping with
3: the Bietam. I love that nickname from Chris Berman. back <laughs> See, I think he has a gripe that no one's given him a chance. I don't know if he has a gripe that no one's given him a chance because of his race. That, yeah. That's... That's where yeah. I make the distinction. Yeah, no, it's look Even this quarterbacks coach, uh,
0: uh, Mike Kafka, he probably gets a head coaching. Say he turns around Daniel Jones this year, and the Giants somehow are nine and seven out of out of nowhere, and, and Daniel Jones, you know, lives up to whatever his, his best potential is. This guy Kafka is gonna have, is gonna be a hot head coaching candidate next year, which is hysterical, and that you know that's just gonna add more
3: fuel to the fire. Is he a career coach? Is he is this? No, guy I don't know, no, he's oh, young. He was oh, quarterback doing... of the Eagles uh, five, six years ago From Wait, When he was? A- yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying what, what I would do is I would have black um, individuals who are interested in being coaches learn to be coaches early on and make a career out of it, like most of the, the current NFL coaches. Like that's something that they could start. They could start a, a coaching apprenticeship program, but they have to done. Dund- that. That's something Tony Dungie should do. Well respected right, black right. coach. Everybody likes him.
0: Tony Dungie should stand up on NBC when he's doing his telecasts and say, I am going to hold a clinic for any black um, coaches that yearn to be head coaches, aspire to be head coaches. If they yeah. came from a Tony Dungy tree, I, I, I bet you some of those good job guys would get jobs very quickly. Right. And, and then they,
3: they, they would have, have them come up the ranks, go uh, graduate from the Tony Dungy school, learn how to be a coach, come up the ranks just like all the other current head coaches. And I think that's how it would get there. The question and, is, it's and g- everyone get it.
2: want I think it's a great idea that you just you guys just uh, talked about, but I, I'm still struggling with something here. So maybe I maybe I misunderstood what you were saying, Seth. But are you saying that Brian Flores did this because a he felt like he was he did not get the job because of his race, and he's trying to get this movement going? So he figured here's a perfect time to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for. Tony Dungy I'm making this up Tony John Dungy to, to start a clinic to teach more black people to, to be coaches I, I just I don't understand uh, the only thing I can think that Bri- so Brian for me the only reason that Brian Flores is doing this is one of two things it's a money grab or he absolutely somebody was racist with him and there's he has text messages he's got phone calls he's got no. something because i don't understand it any anything else i don't understand
1: so i think he did it because he was so humiliated by what bill belichick told him in
0: the text
3: yeah it was that's that's actually what jump started. starting d man you you
0: should know remember the girl that you accidentally text you never talked to you again <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I, I really don't think it's a money grab Um, And I and most of the cases that we've defended over the years. No one has that smoking gun. It's just a feeling like when they feel slighted, you know, they feel in their heart of hearts that they've been discriminated based on their race. How do they can prove it? That's sometimes difficult. But I, I think and I don't know Flores from a hole in the wall, obviously, but I just think that he genuinely believes he was discriminated against. And I think he genuinely wants to bring about change. And when you look through the complaint, they list, Brett, to answer your question, they have like six or seven actual affirmative um, uh, actions that they want the league to take to help solve it. And it's not like, give me $5 million. It's make these changes. And he's quoted as saying Flores, that unless I don't care about the money, unless you do these things, I'm never going to drop the lawsuit. So, yeah. So the other point I wanted
2: to make, and I know we got to move on here is let's say this is the, the, the reason he's doing this is, is because he believes that they were racist uh, he wants to elicit change. He wants to get, you know, more black coaches interviewed. Let's say that happens. And Tony Dungy starts this, this class. And,
0: you know, at every interview, the Tony. We... by the way, the Tony Dungy thing is our idea. Yes. <laughs> it's patented. Yeah. So it's let's it's, say a, it's what... our idea. And it's a damn good one too. It's, it's your a idea. Good idea.
2: It's your idea. You take credit for no, it. No, so no, let's... Seth, you were,
0: you inspired me on that idea. Okay.
2: Let's say this happens. Right. And in five years from now, openings you you're seeing five black head coaches potential I'm sorry five coaches that are uh, that are being interviewed for head coach and five white coaches then what happens when the team says you know what I'm gonna pick the white coach is that still racist like as Pete said you hire that you're allowed to hire who you want Um, if the best person for the job is black you hire that person if it's Asian it's white uh, but so when, when is this going to end?
3: It's going to keep going, in my opinion. It it, it might very well. I mean, you, you can never say when is it not racist anymore. Like, anytime a white coach gets hired, it's not necessarily it's racist. Just, it, you know, well, I, I'm I, saying it's not unless they were making an active decision to not hire the black candidate sure. because of their race. Exactly. But, <laughs> I, the, the problem I have with
0: all of this with Flores and the Giants, and again, I'm going to go back to this. Nobody thinks that the Mara is a more of a bumbling circus than I do. And God knows what the nephews and the brother-in-laws and the cousins may have said, so Belichick or whoever they said. But at the end of the day, the new Giants GM, Joe Shane, is from Buffalo. He's taking a job that's very tenuous at best. He's, being, he's left a roster where he's got about three players that are probably are going to help him in two years. He's got to cut $40 million in cap space. The Giants have gone through three coaches. They're, they've got three coaches on their payroll right now. If he's, got, <laughs> if he's got three years to make this work, he's taking the guy he knows from Buffalo. It's as simple as that. There's no racism here. He, he's taking it, – it, if, if it was a different situation, he'd have more of a leg to stand on. But at the end of the day, Shane is taking the guy, guy that he wants. He always wanted to dabble. He he respects Dabble. Dabble wanted to come with him. I, you know, we we talked about this last week. There were other jobs that Dabble was up for that were probably a little further along. But these two guys obviously wanted to work together. And I don't think it's anything to do with racism. It has to do with familiarity and the fact that Dabble's a damn funny guy. And Joe Shane probably
3: likes that. You and know? What you just described as the Giants defense, right? Yeah. says, you didn't hire me because of my race. And the Giants will defend themselves by saying, no, it's not your race. It's because I want to hire my
0: guy. And I, I think Shane was very – I think he was very strong about this with John Mauer. Because it was up to John Marrick. I think they might have hired Flores.
3: Yeah, um, that, that sounds like the same
0: possibility. And I just think that, she, you know, Shane's like, listen, you're asking me to do a near impossible job taking over from a guy who, who put your franchise back 10 years, which he did. And you're asking me to come in here in the next two or three years and make the, you had a fan base that's ready to, like, riot, which is the truth. So let me have my guy give me this year to fix everything, cut, make the hard decisions. Maybe this and, – and he's also putting himself – he's, listening, you want me to keep Daniel Jones? This is the guy to help Daniel Jones. You know, Brian Flores was not a great quarterback whisperer with two uh, You know, he played mind games with me. Sometimes he played Jacoby Brissett. Sometimes he played him. So – Daniel Jones just needs somebody who's going to be behind him so they can see once and for all, is he the quarterback? If not, they can, they can still get rid of him and start from scratch in 23.
3: So what uh, Flores yeah. is going to say in this litigation, and then I'll let, yeah, I'll let
0: you go on. I guess you. the last thing on this, what is Flores' defense to something as simple as somebody? It's like me. Like if well, I gotta, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. It's like me. I'd
3: hire you before I'd hire somebody else to be my lawyer. So, I appreciate that. Well, what Flores is gonna say in response to that defense by the giant is, if I, Brian Flores, was a white coach with the same record, the same level of success um that that I had, you would consider someone else outside of your personal best guy. You would consider someone outside of Dabble uh, Dable if if I was white, that's what he's going to say. You would well, consider the Gi- the Giants Brian would counter Flores. argue that. The Giants can argue by saying we didn't call Jim Harbaugh and we didn't call Sean Payton. I'm just saying that that's that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna argue whether it's successful or not. I don't know, but that's what they're gonna. But it, ultimately, the burden's gonna be on Flores to prove his case, and that's why I think he's gonna run into the difficulties.
0: Now, Seth, we appreciate. I mean, D-Man, Merker, any anything else on this uh, before no, we move on to the
2: next? No, topic. it was uh, it was it was really informative because I I love hearing the perspective. I I only. I, you know i read what we all read online i don't know if it's true or not it's nice to hear from a lawyer who who does this for a living um i'll be really interested to see what happens if there is listen and i said this in our text string this will be the last thing i say uh if if i'm proven wrong i'll admit it I'll, I, if i if we find that there was actually racism here um i will be the first person to say i'm an idiot that you know th- this is a huge deal this has to change um, but until I see it, I, I just there's something wrong here, and uh, you know the only thing that we do know is that the Rooney Rule needs to be fixed because
0: it is a joke.
1: Right, D man. Um, no, I'm in agreement. I mean, as, as I said, I don't hey, think D-Man, there's any. Busy
0: watching The Bachelor on DVR <laughs> while we were talking about this.
1: <laughs> as I said, I, I don't think there's any type of racism. Was he disrespected and treated unprofessionally? Absolutely. And honestly, I've had the same thing happen to me in my job interviews, where I could tell that you know they picked their favorites, Um, even if I felt that was the best person for the job. But you know, to say something's racist. I mean, again, you got to have real proof. Um, I, have,
0: just, yeah, I mean, you say it, right. It's it's just the way of the world. I mean, you know, you, you people, like I said, if I needed somebody to sell my medical supplies, I'm hiring Merker. If I needed, thank you. Yeah. I need a lawyer. I'm hiring Seth. I need a, thank you. I need a social worker. I'm hiring D man. I mean, people hire people that they they're, they're familiar with. If I need somebody who, who's uh you know, can do set up cornhole tournaments. I'm hiring Dave Starr. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, you're hiring people that you're familiar with. It's just, it's just the way it is. And it's sad that this has become this way. Now I feel for Flores. I mean, you know, there, he should have been, he should have gotten one of these jobs. I mean, I, I, I you know, And Pete, speaking of that, I have breaking news. The Jaguars uh-oh.
2: just hired Doug Peterson.
0: Who? Oh. Who Peterson. Who did? Jaguars. Wow. Well, that's not a bad hire by them, even though I don't like Peterson. But, you know, you want somebody who's going to help Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know. No, but I'm just saying. I mean, I guess the Jags
2: are kind of off the hook because Byron Leftwich, who was obviously black, he he said, "I don't want the job." Maybe he
0: wasn't getting the job, and he just who knows? I
2: don't know. I mean, who
0: knows? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Seth. Now, before I I hope you can join us, but if you if you have to go, that's fine. I know you're a busy guy. But is it true that you leave the courtroom to this music?
3: Uh, my two favorites. I appreciate that. So Thank you very much. That you enter into Ric Flair
0: and you go out to Triple H. That would
3: be my dream. I would retire after that day in court if that ever happened.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. listen, I hope you can stay around. we always enjoyed having you. We're, just, we're probably not going to get into too much more. Just, I think I think we should talk about Brian Dabble based on his uh, hiring. Now, last week on this podcast, <laughs> Merker, you and D-Man both thought Brian Flores was gonna actually get the job, and I told you it would be dabble. So um, as always, I like to be right. And I, you know, I think this was the right choice for the job, given what we actually talked about before. If you want to salvage Daniel Jones, this is the guy. I watched his press conference, I think it was on Monday, and the Giants media was pretty hard on him, but he, you know, he he was not Joe Judge and he was not Dave Gettleman, he was somewhere in between, very genuine sort of funny you know he's almost like a guy you'd have at your cornhole tournament and and go for a beer i mean that's he drove up in a pickup he's got six kids one of them was sleeping during the press conference um you know he didn't listen he didn't say much i mean like i I summarized it on 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 the facebook page you know he was in my mind he was sort of non-committal about jones and, and saquon uh you know he talked about the fact that he you know that he, that he wants to take this job and he, he, he wants, you know, because he's aligned with Joe Shane and that's very important. Um, he's going to put the player, you know, he took a shot at the Giants offensive scheme saying, you know, I'm going to put the play. How, I'm, what, they asked him what scheme he's going to do. He said, I'm going to put the players in the position to succeed. I mean, if you think about the Giants last year, they made absolutely no use of Kadarius Toney or Kenny Holiday. So just if he gets some use out of either one of those guys, that's a win. Um, so, you know, he also confirmed that Patrick Graham was going to stay on as defensive coordinator. D-Man, you like him better than I do. Uh, I would have liked to see uh, somebody else. Now they just brought in Mike Kafka from the Chiefs. I think that's a good hire. Uh, you know, but again, it's all going to come down to the offensive line and what they do on the offensive line. So I like the Dabble hire. I like what the Giants did this offseason. I'm, I'm shocked that I'm saying this. I like the hiring of Joe Shane. I like the hiring of Brian Dabble. I don't think this was the extensive search they want you to believe. I think Joe Shane was on. Joe Shane was was their guy in November. I think the new Gettleman was leaving. I think the only change was that Judge was going to stay, and, and 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 when he was gone, Shane insisted on Dabble. I'll start with you, D man. What did you think of the hiring of uh, Brian Dabble?
1: No, I liked him, and I, I you know, I just the only thing that concerned me is that he's never coached before, head coach before, um, you know. I know Brian Flores. you know, you could say, you know, he didn't get along with his quarterback, but quite honestly, his quarterback to me isn't that great. Um, I think he's going to struggle next year too. Um, so I was fine with it. I mean, look, I obviously done some great things in Buffalo. Um, so who knows, you know, what he can do. I'll tell you what, the one thing about uh, Kafka, the only concern to me that I'm like, yeah, he's so young at 34. He's never called any plays before. I, I, I mean, the reality is: Is he the reason Mahomes was so great, or is he going to be great without him?
0: No, I think I think he was their passing game coordinator. So if you think if you bring him with Dabble, I you know I think at the end of the day Dabble's going to call the plays, um, and Kafka's going to. But help. Kane doesn't want him
1: calling plays.
0: Well, uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, uh, he, he may or may not. You know, at the end of the day, this league, you know, they've got. If you look at the successful coaches in the playoffs, they are former offensive coordinators. There's. Uh, Zach Taylor of the Bengals, there's uh, McVay uh, of the Rams. I mean, you know, that's where the league has gone. That's where the the floor of Green Bay, that's where the success has been. I mean, Merck, what did you think of it? Yeah, like I said from the beginning,
2: I said it on the podcast, I said it in our text, chains, um to me, uh, the hiring of, of Shane um, with Dabble, Dabble, we got to get his name right. I don't Dabble, even really know. Dabble. Is it Dabble? Okay. Dabble, yeah. With Dabble was a home run. Um, I don't know as much about Kafka. I do like that he was an ex-quarterback, um, but you know I don't know much about him, but I think the Dabble hiring was fantastic. Remember, you know I'm a Jets fan. I see him twice a year for the last couple of years, and he just shreds the Jets. Uh, and, I, and listen, I realize it's the Jets, but um, you know, you're going to get a very creative offense. Uh, I think that Daniel Jones has a shot to maybe turn his career around. Uh, and, and I like that also because you bring in an offensive guy like Dabble, Dabble who turned Josh Allen around uh, and you bring him in, Daniel Jones on his last year, and you see if he can do the same. And if not, you cut your losses and, and, and Dabble – uh, picks your next quarterback, hopefully for the next ten years. So I think it was a perfect hire. I did think they were going to hire Flores, but I thought that that uh, Dabble would be the better hire. Hey,
1: let me ask you, let me ask you guys this: if the if the Bills had beaten the Chiefs, which means they would been playing another week, yeah, do you think it's still, you know, the Giants still would have waited
0: to yes. make that hire? Yes, Dabble was the guy. It was never anybody else. I mean, Flores is right about that much, but it has nothing to do with racism. Dabble is the guy. It, it's, it's, it, it, for Shane. That's who Shane wanted. He wanted Dabble. And in America, you make a great point, right? So Dabble, go, you, know, he works this year with Daniel Jones. Same with Kafka. Daniel Jones lives up to the talent. Like, you know, I read something where the league has more, more, um, faith in Daniel Jones than the fans. Uh, so say Dabble and Kafka fix him and he becomes, you know, uh, you know not, not, you know, I mean, he becomes Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, that, I think giant fans would sign up for that on a piece of paper. They look like geniuses. Say Daniel Jones continues down and he's Sam Darnold. They cut their losses with him and say, Hey, this wasn't our guy. Let's move on to the next guy and bring in our guy. I think one, yeah. key, thing, one key thing here of D-Man, and I think you would agree with this, they need to bring in a good backup because if Jones has shown anything, is that he's injury prone.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I,
0: I honestly,
1: if I ever had to see my Glennon play another football game, I couldn't watch it. I, I, I can't do it.
0: <laughs> you paid to see him actually in that game against Washington. Not Glennon, I, I saw oh, right, Jake from. Yeah. So, yeah, Mercury, I mean, that's, you know, I. I you know, being from the AFC, you you seen Buffalo, and and they make use out of a lot of their players. I mean, yeah, really,
2: players. really impressive. And and I love the I love the creativity of their offense. Um, I think you guys are going to be now. Listen, they need personnel, so it's not going to happen in one year. Uh, like you said, there's only a few players on the Giants that you're going to get excited about. So let's see how they do in this draft. Uh, but uh, I, if, I'm, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm really excited. You got rid of two dead people that you wanted to get rid of that were dead weight. You hired uh, Joe Shane, who comes from a great organization. He takes his guy, Brian Dabble. Uh, you have an offensive, you know,
0: seems to be genius. And let's see what you can do. What's, what's interesting about uh, Shane, if you look at the Buffalo draft record, they don't really take offensive linemen in the first round. Uh, so I think the the draft progn- prognosticators that have the Giants doubling down on two offensive linemen in the first round are off. I think they'll te- I think they'll take one. Or they'll take Cross uh, or Evan Neal or the kid from uh, 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 the other kid uh, that's really emerging o- Okinawa. one of yeah. those three guys. But I think their second pick will be either traded. They'll trade down. I think they could trade down, or I think I, I don't think to, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they take a corner because I really think that they'll get rid of Bradbury. And this is if the edge rushers are gone, because I think they're going to get rid of Bradbury. They're going to have to, uh, you know, he, he counts like 13 million against the cap next year. So oh, it's going to be a really fascinating. I mean, as much as we talked about the jets last year, it's going to be a really fascinating off season for the giants. Sorry. As soon as the super bowl is over to see what roster moves they made. And we'll be here, you know, hopefully week in and week out to discuss it. Um, moving on. Uh, Neil Martucci is down at the senior bowl thanks to the D-man uh, paying for his trip. So Martucci is going to give us a report on, it's on the D-man. You're not going to be with us next week. I think you're going You're going down to New Orleans, not for the Senior Bowl, but for vacation. So I think Martucci might join us next week to talk about the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I've read a lot about the Senior Bowl where the quarterbacks have looked really good, especially uh, Malik Willis of Liberty. Listen, nothing could do the Giants better than these quarterbacks uh, balling out in, the, in these postseason bowl games. Giants yes. and Jets, yeah. Yeah, it's a potentially for that trade off. I mean, you got Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina, Detroit, Atlanta, Detroit, all needing quarterbacks. So, you know, the more these guys ball out, I, I I'll make a prediction right now. One of these guys are going to the top ten. I'm not sure. Which I, one. I
2: saw. Well, I saw the like a mock today where because of the Senior Bowl, and of course, it's it's all hearsay right now. Is Malik Willis to the uh, to the Lions,
0: which would be.
2: Yeah, no, they trade back a couple spots and take them at like five or six, I think I saw.
0: I could see a trade between the Giants and the Giants going up there to get Eden Hutchinson or Thibodeau. Although there's a lot of yeah. rumors about Thibodeau dropping down. But there is no way Thibodeau makes it pass the Jets in my mind. I, I couldn't see that happening. I, I hope not. I keep seeing Derek Stingley and it's making me nervous if well, they the thing pass on one of these or The thing with Thibodeau is he's not a Robert Solid type player because he doesn't have that motor that solid. Like, so that's yeah, yeah. D man any comments about uh your upcoming vacation or the senior bowl? Did we lose him? Uh I I think he fell asleep. Anyways, uh he seems like seems like he wasn't completely with us even when he was with us before. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, D man, yeah. we love you. We love you D man. Early vacation for the D man. Uh, uh so now now we talk about the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, so again another Great weekend of games. And I, and I got to give, I think somebody, maybe it was Martucci, thought the Bengals would make the Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Bengals beating the Chiefs, I don't know what the hell Patrick Mahomes was doing uh, uh, at the end of that game. And and the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow is just, you know, he brings it. You know, he's cool customer, Joe Cool. Uh, actually, the, the biggest credit goes to the defense of the Bengals. They played a great second half. Yeah. And then and then in the second game, the Rams over the forty ers uh again, Cooper Cup uh playing a fantastic game. So now you got your you got what I'm sure nobody predicted Rams versus the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Um not the game we all wanted to see, but it should be a good game. What do you what do you think, Merker? Yeah, I mean, um, of the four teams that were
2: left, um, you know, Rams K C probably would have been, you know, the 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 best offensive game, likely, but I think the Bengals um, are exciting. I love the underdog story. Uh, I loved, you know, Joe Burrow you know, comeback player of the year. He's got an absolute stud wide receiver. Um, he's got two, you know, he, Joe Mixon is is healthy. Uh, there's a lot of questions about this offensive line, although they held up last week against the Chiefs, and I, I, but I don't know that they can hold up against the Rams front.
0: Well, um, Von so, Miller, Aaron
2: Donald, Leonard yeah, Floyd, those I mean, guys are
0: shopping at the bit
2: absolutely I mean it it, you know to me and I think the latest line was like four points believe it or not that the Rams were favored I don't know why that's so little but uh, Las Vegas usually knows something I mean you know Giants go from wild card to winning Super Bowl The, the Bengals are on this hot streak right now they're winning games they shouldn't um, you know the Rams look good, but there's something missing with them, and I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Like they're just not, they're not blowing me away. So I could see well, an upset. Let's um, let's, let's hold know. off
0: to next week to make our Super Bowl prediction.
2: Yeah, I'm not making a prediction. Trust yeah. me. I want to see. I want to hear some more. Like, I want to. I did, you know, listen, the, the, the only thing that I was excited to see, and I'm not even joking was to see what color uniforms that they're wearing, you know, cause they have to make that decision.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, that the, was, I like Rams blue. I hope they wear the blue. And I uh,
2: have blue. no, they're not, they're wearing nah. the white. Oh no. yeah. They're wearing the white. So we'll see, but uh, yeah, we can make predictions next week. Yeah. Sure.
0: Predictions next week. I mean, I don't know if the D man's rejoined us since he won't be with us next week. Uh, D man, do you have a prediction? He is not
2: here. It yeah, must gonna... be some must be something we said. I don't know.
0: Yeah. He says he's here, but he's listening. Uh, but I guess he, he uh, he's he's missed us, so we can't we we're not going to get a Super Bowl prediction from the D Man. He's starting an early vacation. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the Big Blue Saloon Super Box Pool. Oh wait, the D Man, hey, D Man, have you rejoined us? I've did on. on. Huh. <laughs> no D Man, our sensor you must have been cursing lad and our sensors cut you off.
1: I got a new phone and I'm just trying love. to figure it out.
0: Congratulations. What was the new phone for for your coming upcoming vacation? No, the phone is old. I, I, I have a work phone that I use. You sound like uh you sound like you're in an aquarium right now, just saying. Yeah, so D Man, we were talking about um you're not gonna be with us next week, you're going on vacation, is that correct?
1: Yes, I'll be on vacation, not scouting the Cena Bowl.
0: <laughs> so, you want to give us your Super Bowl? Mercury and I are going to hold off to next week, but you want to give us your Super Bowl prediction?
1: I want the Bengals to win, but I just think the Rams' defensive line is going to be too strong.
0: 27 um, 24 Rams. DBA, you sound like you're uh, calling from a car phone.
1: <laughs> so. That's on.
0: It's all right. It's all right, D-Man. We're just happy to have you before you go on vacation, not to scout out the Senior Bowl. Uh, so I was saying the Big Blue Saloon Super Bowl box pool is full. 100 boxes sold. I actually I actually held back some boxes in case people I forgot wanted to join, but uh, it is completely sold. Merker, you're in. You were man first. D-Man didn't respond to me for days. He's lucky I held a couple of boxes for him. I didn't know yeah. if you'd want to. I didn't know if you'd want to pay the twenty the, the inflation of the twenty bucks per box instead of ten. No, and I am gonna have to
1: pay you next week because I don't have the money.
0: <laughs> D man, I know you're good for it. I know you're good for it. Uh, and don't worry about it. Last year I had to pay for you. I had to pay. Last year the D man didn't have to pay because he remembered that I owed him money from college when we went to the diner once.
1: Nice. <laughs> and I charged you interest.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. Anyways, um. The Big Blue Saloon Facebook page still at 199 members. Uh, we got to kick it up, but uh, a lot of good stuff going on on there all the time. Uh, Merker, D-Man, any last thoughts or favorite time? We'll start with you, D-Man.
1: Well, you know it is a shame that this whole lawsuit thing has turned the attention away from what was a, an incredible NFL playoffs. I mean, outside the original uh, the wild card games, every single game was close and entertaining. Um, and, I, and most people are shocked, like I was, that it's the Bengals and the Rams. But you know they earned their way uh, to the Super Bowl, and let's hope that it's a very competitive, entertaining game uh, to end the season. But obviously, this lawsuit's gonna it really hurts the NFL. Um, you know the Giants look bad. The fact that you know Belichick texted the uh, Flores what, about what happened, and that's not good. db and I got a he, question.
0: For, I got a question for you. I have a question about your Super Bowl. Are you using a flip phone? Uh, No. (laughs) Sorry. It just sounds like a flip phone. No, you know what it is?
1: The headphones that I was using don't go with this phone.
2: That's right. D-Man, when you're in New Orleans, uh, if it's for work or vacation, um, you might need to buy another phone. It's
0: possible. Yeah, you may want to invest in a new phone why don't you get to the iPhone already? It's time.
1: See, my my agency won't allow us to have an Apple phone.
0: Really? Oh wow! Why? Yeah. Are they, are they against Apple?
1: They but They say it's not confidential.
0: Yeah, security. But sometimes
1: we have to share client information, and right, you right. can't, you know. So interesting. Always
0: wondering why you were you didn't have an iPhone. So right. so who? So you're looking forward to the Super Bowl. Um, you're, you, you the the fact that the Bengals were four and twelve last year and the Super Bowl this year should give everybody hope. Maybe yeah. why can't that be the Jets next year, uh, Merker? Nah, no, because Zach Wilson. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's Joe Burrow. So I can tell you, he's not Joe. Burrow No, he's not. Yeah. And, and neither
1: is Daniel Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Daniel Jones is closer to Joe Burrow than Zach Wilson at this point. Right now, but Daniel at this Jones point. Has been in the league for longer. So yeah. anyway, any other last thoughts before we say goodbye to you until uh, for two weeks?
1: Oh, just at the Knicks are disaster still,
0: and you still can't watch them on MSG, right?
1: No, um, when they're on ESPN, it's about it. You're not, missing. but I'm not missing much, obviously. No, you're not, you're not.
2: And i'll I'll take I'll take that cue and give you my final thought. It's going to be about the Knicks as well. It's just a frustrating season. It's such a disappointment. Uh, you know, Knicks fans were all excited after last year. We're we're on the right path, and I still think we're on the right path. Um, but you know, uh, this is going to be fascinating these next couple weeks with the trade deadline approaching. Really
0: fascinating, you know. So you're going to be afraid. You're going to be disappointed.
2: I, I think I'm going to be disappointed. You know, it's going to go one of two ways. Um, he's either going to Leon Rose is either going to make a huge splash, uh, which is unlikely, and get rid of Randall and get a Fox in here or get some expiring contracts. I don't, I, you know, something like that. Uh, You hear today that Alec Burks, you know, is up for, uh, up for, up for a trade, but that they don't want to just do it for a roster spot. They would trade for other veterans to, you know, I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. The other route that is likely, like you said, Pete, is disappointment where they, you know, they make minor little moves. Um, What I want right now is because the playoffs is starting to fade away. And and honestly, even if they make the playoffs, they're going to be knocked out right away. Um, I play the kids. I, I, For the life of me, why the hell is Cam Reddish not playing? I don't get it. I'm getting sick of Tibbs. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to jump off his bandwagon very soon. And and if he doesn't play Cam Reddish and they, they go in the tank here the rest of the year and, and with how disgruntled Randall is, and I don't totally blame Tibbs for this, but uh, let's move on because Leon Rose seems to know what he's doing. We have a, some really good pieces here. You know, maybe Tibbs is, is not the right guy for the team.
0: Well, when you when you want when you watch the Knicks, and these will go into my final thoughts, Mercury, You give me a good cue. When you watch the Knicks in the game last night, like against Memphis, right? <clears throat> and they got and they're trotting out Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier and Julius Randle, who are who are not athletic and they're slow, and and, and that becomes a problem in today's NBA. You, you know, you got RJ Barrett on one man fast breaks. Mitchell Robinson's playing some great ball. Yeah, the eight blocks yesterday. Cam Reddish is exactly what they need in the lineup and athletic players. I don't get it. You know, Thibs is so stubborn, you know, like, you know, they needed him last year and he did a great job. I, you know, I, I was reading somewhere. I, I asked somebody who's not Macri, but somebody else with some connections to the Knicks, what the hell happened with Randall? And he's, nobody knows. And they think, they think Randall heard that the Knicks were trying to trade him. And that's what it did. But I don't think that's what it is. I think this started, before that, I mean, videos of him not helping up teammates and hanging out with his son and his, his wife during timeouts. That just, I just kinda, can't let that happen.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, there, there's a few players I really, really like on the Knicks. I, I still am a big R.J. Barrett guy. I, I yeah. hard. You know, he's got to improve this touch around the rim, and I think that comes. He's only 21. You know, you mentioned Reddish, but why? The Knicks are a completely different team when Obi Toppin's on the floor. Yeah, I mean he's got to be on the floor more. I mean he get, he gets them some easy buckets. Quentin Grimes is very good. I mean they really found something there with him. Um, they they're lucky to have him. So you know you have those guys. I, I'm about done with quickly. I'm about done with Burks. I'm done with Fournier. I'm, i I saw a trade where the Knicks uh, Bobby Marks on ESPN was was said he's heard some rumblings and Knicks are trying to dump all three of them on the Lakers, so the Lakers can get rid of Russell Westbrook. I don't yeah. know how many years left that Westbrook has on his contract, but I, you know I'm not a you. We called this. We knew Westbrook on the Lakers wasn't going to work. You and I. No, do. but I oh. don't get unless unless he only has a year left and they're looking. I think to dump he's him. got. I think he's got two. So nah, I, don't I don't want, want that. that. No way. No, so you know, there's teams. Like the the Jazz just lost Joe Ingles. I'm sure they could use Alec Burks. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's places to trade these guys. I for me, I don't expect much change between now and then. And I'm already starting to think about the draft. Uh, you know, and tanking. And, and this is a good draft coming up. I mean, I don't know if the Knicks get into that top tier of players, but uh, there's, there's three guys right now that would have been picked number one this year. Yeah. Even over Kate Cunningham, there's, there's uh, Jabari Smith of Auburn, Chet Holgram of Gonzaga. And listeners, if you're looking for, you know, looking forward to the NCAA tournament, watch these guys. And then uh, Paulo Panchero of, um, of Duke. And then there's some more guys, even after that, that are very good. Johnny Davis of Wisconsin, um, this kid from Purdue, Jaden Ivey. So there's a lot of good players out there. So, you know, the Knicks are not far away from being in that territory. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, but do you still really trust someone when it comes to drafting?
0: I think they've drafted well over the last few years. I mean, Quentin Grimes was a good pick. Uh you know, I think Obi Toppin, if he played real minutes, would put up real stats. I think I think if Obi Toppin played thirty five minutes a game, I think he would average at least sixteen points and about nine rebounds. I, I agree that,
2: and Deuce McBride is tearing it up in the G League. Let's see if he can translate to
0: the NBA. I think he could be a nice piece. The Nick, the last bad pick the Knicks made was probably Kevin Knox. I think oh. everybody else since then has been has been the right the right pick uh, at the time. You know, maybe there's a case that they should have taken Halliburton from Sacramento over Topping, but I'm still not a big Hall. I don't. I still don't believe Halliburton is a true point guard. So um, I don't. I, I don't kill them for that one. Where they screwed up was that was the year with uh, Knox where they could have had Donovan Mitchell or one of the bridges or Michael Porter. I mean, they, they really went wrong there. Um, and as far as the football goes, I, you know, happy for the Bengals, not happy that we're distracted by this lawsuit. Um, but that happens um, really into the book, blood garden. If you're not reading it, read it. Merker, I know you got it. Yeah. Hey, man, I know you're waiting for me to give it to you. Um, <laughs> I'll so, wait for you to finish it. <laughs> you'll be waiting a long time. I don't know. I always forget to read. I always want to read, and then I forget to read. But uh, you know, so that so that's you know that's about it for me. Uh, next week, D Man is not going to be here, as we've mentioned, but Ox will be joining us. Uh, he was supposed to be on this week. He got bumped for Seth Kaplan. Probably try to have Martucci on. I think it would be fun to have Martucci and Ox on at the same time. That might be fun, Mercury. What do you think? I agree. That could be that comedy gold. Pure, that could be pure entertainment with those two. They, they may end up agreeing on everything and becoming best of friends. That's that's the scenario I predict. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, D Man have a really nice trip to New Orleans. Have a lot of uh, uh, thank crawfish, you crawfish for for Merker and I while we're up here, and uh, we'll see Merker and I will definitely see you next week. So for Brett Merker and the D Man, I'm Peter Storm. Until next time.